Welcome to So Far So Rare. I'm joined again by my friend Tom Mitchum. Tom, how's it been? We talked pretty recently, but you reached out to me this week and I said, fuck it, let's go again. Yeah, it's been about two months, I think. Um, yeah, always good to speak to you, John. All good here. If we ignore Burnley form, uh, yeah, my life is uh, pretty sweet at the minute. All good. I seen, who was it? Someone put out a video and I was going to watch it yesterday and I've put it in my wee download pile on YouTube. It's about like, is it worth, it might have been TIFO, it could have been James Alcott, it could have been anyone, it could have been Quinny, I don't know. But it's about like, is it worth being promoted? Because <laughs> so many of them struggle. Nah. It's obviously worth being promoted with a the payday they get, but you know what I mean? It's like, how good were Burnley in the championship? And now it's just like, hmm, it happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah, best season of my life yeah. last year. So would you would you take going back down to have that again? Do you know what I mean? As opposed to just bumbling along in fifteenth yeah. or eighteenth in the Premier League, you won't. You know what I mean? Is it is difficult, isn't it? Um, right now, I would say yes because we've been absolutely atrocious. I mean, we've lost. I think we've played eight games so far, and six of them have been at home, and we've lost every game. So it's been horrendous but on the flip side you know you get to see the Harlands and these kind of players so that's a bonus but um yeah I'd like to stay up but I'd also like the uh, joy of last year again so mm. just winning some Premier League games that would do yeah you would take that um so this week just to give people an idea of what we're at there's a couple of updates from Surya we're going to talk about Tom's came with a few topics just to throw out there some random stuff it'll be good fun um, and then there are some questions I put out really late, one hour notice, uh, just here, any questions, and there's a few have come in, a few nice faces, a few familiar faces, a few old faces, so we'll get on to those, and obviously we'll talk absolute shite and just get through it. Um, first up though, So Rare Data, sponsors of the show, uh, thank you so much to So Rare Data, they really do make this podcast exist, um, so do go and give them a crack using code John Ellis, that also supports me. It makes HG at So Rare Data, that's, that's So Rare Data, daddy. Um, think that John Nellis is doing an amazing job. So if you sign up using John Nellis, HG will think I'm doing amazing, um, even if I'm not. Uh, but honestly, I, I use them every day, every week to build my lineups. If you check the YouTube channel, maybe you're listening on audio only, all the lineups are built using them. And I'm just, I'm repeating myself. I feel like a salesman, but I mean it from the heart, Tom. And there's nothing, it's the best yeah. type of way to sell, but equally, it feels, I'm just like, no, honestly, guys, I'm not just selling for the sake of selling. I am getting paid, but I mean it. Um, so yeah, but yeah, I mean, to me, I think if you want to get paid by so rare as a user by winning, it's almost impossible to do it without so rare data at the minute. I don't know how anyone could play this game without it. Yeah. Um, and that, that's probably even more so for baseball and basketball as well, because so many of us rely on the lineup builder. Um, so yeah, I use it constantly and, um, until so rare build similar tools, if they go down that route. I think it's completely invaluable. And they don't pay me, so that's a genuine That's a genuine one there. I'll give you that 20 quid after. Um, (laughs) So, so on we go. First things up, we'll get a couple of, they're not boring, but a couple of things that are like so rare official announcements. Gameplay updates starting from Game Week 419. New card requirements for league kickoff, formerly known as semi-pro and amateur competitions. In a nutshell here... It used to be if you had less than 10 limited cards, wasn't it? Was it 10 or less or less than 10? Do you know? doesn't matter. Same thing. Yeah. It's not really, but it is for the sake of conversation. You could enter um, these like semi-pros and amateurs, right? But now if you have more... So you used to have to have less than 10 limiteds 
to do it. But now you have to have less than 10 limited, rare, super rare, and uniques. Because what people were doing was they, they'd have like 50 rares, a few super rares, but they would have capped themselves purposely to like 10 limiteds. I'm like, I'm only buying 10 so that I can also mm. enter in these amateur competitions. So you had people who were actually kind of seasoned, grizzled experts of the game who were in competing with amateurs in the semi-pro um, and they wouldn't buy an 11th card because it would make them ineligible. So what this does, and I think this is fair, it basically says if you've 10 of any sort of card, not just limited, you're out, mate. And I, I think that's fair. I don't know yeah, if you have much I, thoughts. I think, it's, I think it's fair. I mean, I, I haven't played them much anyway, to be honest. Um, I, I get why people like them in that you can, own, you can use those players that you maybe can't necessarily afford elsewhere. But, I mean, I've got... I've got FPL and fan tracks and my, you know, my friends' leagues and stuff for that kind of thing. So they they don't really appeal to me. Um, I guess uh, hopefully, as you say, there's there's people who didn't buy limiteds so that they could play the amateurs. Maybe this in, sort of gets them to buy some limiteds so that they're not mm. only playing rare, super rare, unique. They're also now buying limited. So it it, it could be a bit of a bonus for that limited market. And obviously for new users coming in, it does make that field soft in the amateur competitions, hopefully. Um, I've seen a few people, you know, not happy about it. And there's some valid points around someone could have 12 random limited cards, but really focus on the amateur and now they can't. And they're just left with 12 random limiteds they've used and, you know, they've got and is that fair? But um, yeah, overall, I think it's uh, I think it's the right direction to go in, you know, let the... Let the fish swim about with each other before you feed them to the sharks. Mm, oh, I like that. That was really nice. That mm. almost sounds like you planned that. That's something I should have had written down. Uh, uh, Dario, I was just at poker last night, so I've got uh, I've got the poker lingo down, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so like, yeah, like these. No, I was going to try and put. I was going to try and shoehorn in a shit pun. I'm just going to move on. Dario <laughs> Rockerty, uh, just to throw throw out a few comments from the community um, underneath their post when they posted this on Twitter. Dario Fockerty, this is an important change which will allow newbies to have more fun playing so rare than they have now. They'll bump into small managers and become attached to the game. Smart move. Fiago reckons it's a good change. It got a bit frustrating for people who regularly hit 450 but couldn't win anything. Now this makes it much easier for new players to win cards in amateur. Um, MDJ says unpopular opinion I'm really going to miss the amateur competitions so there are people who obviously really enjoyed them and I think mm. it is one of those where I know MDJ's played the game for a long time I haven't looked at her gallery in a while I imagine she's in the rare kind of bracket um, maybe she's went down to limiteds maybe she's at rare maybe she's went up to super rare but the point is she's been around for a while and I imagine there's a lot of people on that type of boat I'm using MDJ because she's the one whose comment I've just read but like it's almost like this kind of fun free roll, like lottery ticket each week. Like, Ash, will throw it in. Sure, we'll see. So it is like a fun thing that I think you'll lose, but I don't think it's going to kill you. And it might change the experience for people who will come in. I think that's what we all want. Um, so I think all yeah. in all, the reaction to this is positive. Um, I'm interested to go and see a few quote tweets and see if there's anything fun. Um, mm. Excellent move did, from that notice... free guy. Sorry? Sorry, a lot, a lot of... I did notice a lot of people on on the other podcasts, so like people like Monkey and these guys who are really good at so rare. A lot of them did say I'll miss them, but I never actually won anything in them anyway. So mm. it's, it's interesting, you know. They're obviously that difficult because of the size of the field, and I assume there's not a huge amount of decent rewards given out there that um, people enjoyed them despite not not winning anything. Well, if that's how the people like Monkey do, who does win, you know, if that's how he's yeah. doing. 
how do you think people who've just signed up to the game are doing? They're probably not doing very exactly. well. So this will make it yeah. a little bit easier, which is great. Uh, there was a club shop drop of mystery unsigned jerseys from Champion Europe for 15,000 coins. Um, again, I'm not going to keep banging the same drum. I don't really like how they do it. I'm vocalising it. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else loves it. Maybe we talked about it last time you were on. I can't remember, Tom, but I have banged that drum a few times. I just think it's not the most engaging way. I think people might work at the time they drop. I think it's a frustrating experience. I feel like I was there three seconds past four multiple times yeah. and it's sold out. And I just think you upset way more people or frustrate way more people than you actually please. Um, and I think there's other ways you can still hand out the pleasure or the endorphins of getting one, but make everyone feel like they've had a fair shot. Um, so yeah, if you're listening so rare, fucking sort it because i don't think anyone loves it i don't think anyone likes the way it's done i mean no, i get that it's yeah. done and it's probably not a priority but i think it should be i think um i think the real life and it's such a big draw of somewhere and it's, it's a big part of their market now win sign jerseys win tickets win this win that it's a big part of their messaging now and if, yeah. if it's a shit experience when you're actually trying to get them i mean what's the point and the second part is just to bang at home again if someone's listening they need branded boxing. They need mystery boxes, nicely branded, so rare boxes, so that when those shirts hit the hit people's front doors, they go, oh, I know what this is, and they record themselves opening it and revealing it and putting it out there. If it just comes in a little bag in an envelope or whatever else, it's not the most enthralling unboxing experience. My cat's here, yeah. and I'm going to tell you a quick story. This cat's a ginger cat. He's leaving, thank the Lord. Um, it's my mum and dad's cat, really. Now, I like cats. I like dogs, but... He's called Andy because he's ginger and my dad's mate was ginger. He's gone bald now. <laughs> but he's a weird wee guy. We used to have a cat that was very affectionate, but Andy will jump on your lap and he'll sit there for a minute and have a ball and then he'll just bite you. Yeah. And it's like, what are you doing? It's the unpredictability. I'm on edge around him and he's a tiny cat, really small, <laughs> but he's just unpredictable. So if he's in this room, I'm going to be on edge. Um, yeah, we, we've got four, so there's probably one lurking somewhere, no doubt. Yeah, um, but yeah, all completely different personalities. We've got one who's she comes for affection. It sounds like Andy. She comes for affection, then ten seconds later she'll bite you. Mm. We've got another one who's desperate for affection. Um, in fact, two like that, and then we've got a little ginger one like Andy, who's just a nightmare. Like you'll just find her in ridiculous places she mm. shouldn't be. And yeah, um, yeah, they're uh, they're funny little creatures, aren't they? They are. Um, Anyway, just jumping back to the, the shirt thing. So, yeah, we discussed, I think you've just got your Fulham shirt when we uh, we yes. last pod it. Um, yeah. I, I do agree with the, I think we talked about this, the way that they do it. I, I still haven't heard a better suggestion than just you can enter a raffle, basically. So you put your 15,000 coins up, they randomly select 20 winners or whatever it is, and whoever doesn't win gets their coins back. I, I still haven't heard a better suggestion than that. I think it works far better, as you say. At the moment, if 6,000 people are trying to get a shirt with that fastest finger first and 20 of them get it, well, 20 of them are having a positive experience, 5,980 are pissed off. You know, that's that's just not good, is it? Mm. Um the other thing we talked about with shirts yesterday, actually, I was chatting with people because um, so FF Thinker, um, he won a shirt in that comp that you thought you'd won a shirt in, but hadn't um, mm. the Premier League one. And that turned up yesterday and he, he got an Everton shirt and he was like, OK, I've got an Everton shirt. I I don't want to wear an Everton shirt. So we, we were talking about of the Premier League teams, which ones would you actually wear? 
Um, and I think I, I said about five of them, but like a couple of the group were like, I wouldn't wear any of them other than my own club. So, mm. yeah, I don't know what you make of that. You don't have a club though, do you? So maybe you're a bit more open to... Do you know, I wish I had a club. Tom, I have a proper identity crisis and it really is like first world problems, but we're on a football related podcast. But like, I genuinely long for a club. I, I really, really wish I had that fire in my belly. And I think like the closest allegiance I probably have now is Liverpool. And I think that comes from Trent. I have a couple of Trents. I have followed Trent religiously for years, even on like FI and Footstock. I love my Trent. Um, comes into so rare. Trent's from the get-go of two of them. I have a wee minute, bit of a Liverpool stack with Alisson and Van Dijk. I never bought a Salah. And then even on FPL, Trent's always been my guy. And obviously I played in Anfield. You know, um, I've been to their Legends Lounge a couple of times for videos and stuff. And I think, like, because I've been to a few games, I buy in. And I also kind of like that they aren't in, like, a golden moment where if I decided I support Liverpool, they aren't, like... It's not like they've just won the league and they're going to win and they're going to win and they're going to win. They yeah. are, it is a bit of... They're, they're playing good, don't get me wrong, but it's a bit questionable. I mean, there's obviously... If I was going for glory, i pick Man City or maybe Spurs at the minute, but you get my point. Yeah. But it fe- I have this inherent like resistance within me where I was introduced to football through Manchester United and my first ever game was Man United and I cried when I got the ticket. But I just kind of drifted away and never really actually gave a fuck. Mm. So it's this hard... I-, I almost wish I lived in a city which had a team and then I could be like, I'll go every week. Yeah. And that's that. Like I'm actually going to start going to... I, th- I think... Tell me if I'm wrong, anyone who listens, but I just think like Northern Irish and Irish League football is just filled with sectarianism. And I don't really want to go up and like tie myself to like Cliftonville or Glentorn or Linfield mm. or something because I just don't know how nice an experience that'll be. But like, I'd love to even have a local team. Maybe I just need to buy yeah. into the Republic of Ireland and really buy in. Like, I'll watch the matches and stuff, but maybe I need to like buy in and listen to podcasts throughout the year. I don't know. I'm even tempted. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do an Ulster rugby match on Sunday. Um, it's like my brother-in-law would play for them Um, but like I'm going to start trying to go to more games this season so maybe I'll become like an Ulster rugby supporter as opposed to but anyway Liverpool is my closest allegiance but I am a wee bit of one of those fuckers who doesn't really have a team neutral guy which kind of works for content but it's equally kind of just like why the fuck do you care but everyone here can probably relate to why I care like this is the place where people understand it so rare. Yeah. That's why I care. That's why I follow football or fantasy in general, just fantasy. But whenever you try yeah. and I'm just sick of people saying, who do you support me going? Oh yeah. Well, it used to be this. Then I found fantasy football. Now I don't really give a fuck. It's just weird. I, I can't. I think if you support a team and have supported them for a long time, you can't even imagine not having a team. Um, mm. I mean, I suppose it's similar to, so I follow, cricket and I follow other sports a bit, a bit and I don't necessarily have a team like I do for football. I think football's a special case, isn't it? Everyone is tribal and has their own team other than you and Laird, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, I won't plead the case for you to become a Burnley fan. I, I, I don't think I can really uh, tempt you to that one at the minute. Um, maybe maybe you just it. need to... Oh, sorry, go for it. Maybe you just need to go all in with your Liverpool collection. Maybe that'll help. Maybe make an offer to YNWA for his whole Liverpool collection and then live and die by them. Maybe yeah. that'll uh, I might have to sell him a little sister in. or something. I don't think I'm getting yeah. that. I don't have enough money. Yeah. Um, 
But I think, like, to be honest, of all the games I've been to, and I've been to quite a few in the last year, I think the experience I had at Celtic Park was just ridiculous. Now, it did happen mm. to be against Rangers and to beat them 3-2, so it was a big day. But, like, that was special, and I thought Celtic yeah. was special. Uh, but, again, I think making myself a Celtic supporter and being from here, it's just one of those, from con- even from a content perspective, it's just going to, like, it, it will alienate, like, if I if I say I'm a Celtic fan and buy in, mm. I think it, it, it with my accent, people are going to assume I hate Rangers and hate people yeah. who support Rangers, and that I'm a yeah. big Republican and this is it. And I just don't think that's like what I want to portray, regardless of who I actually do want to win or what the reality is. I don't want that going out mm. there. Um, but yeah, I'll have a think. I, I thought a fun wee series for my my main YouTube channel could be, but I don't know. I don't know if it would be. Is like I don't have a team. Tell the story very quickly. So I'm going to five. I'm going to five five games with five people who are going to try and convince me. So like, I'll go with a Liverpool fan, and they bring me on their match day experience. I go with a United fan. I go with a City fan, an Arsenal fan, a Spurs fan, a Burnley fan, and it's about them giving me the best experience. You know, like what does it mean to be a Liverpool fan? Where do we go for our pre-game pint? What are we doing here? What are we doing there? You know that type of thing, like really getting. Yeah. And then at the end, I pick the team I support. But it is all a little bit hollow, or like a little bit like, oh, you support them now, do you? It's all a little bit plastic. I, no, I, I like. I, I think it'd make for good content. If you do that, you are absolutely coming to turf more. We'll we'll go for a pint in the Royal Dice on the way to the ground. <laughs> um, the the terrace streets around the ground, the houses are, are about twenty five grand, so you could probably buy a house outright while we're there. So you could live 20 yards from Turf Moor for the price of a super rare Mbappe. Um, yeah, if you do that, you, you come into Turf Moor. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. You can come on a, a Tuesday night away, yeah, against Bournemouth or something. I'll, I'll give you the gritty experience. It sounds amazing. Do you know, <laughs> we had an idea for a video. I'm going to put this here, but we're not going to do it um, because I don't think anyone should do it. And and we really, really were going to do it. And then I thought, you know what? Maybe this is a little bit disrespectful and bad. And it's like how you get haters. I think what I kind of try and do with content is fun, nice things that anyone can enjoy. And no one's really getting pissed off or hurt or like I'm not shitting on anyone. You know, no one's a loser. But we were going to try and I was going to try and go to sleep at a Premier League game. And I was going to pick the most boring game, which was Bournemouth and Luton in my mind. (laughs) So I was going to go to Bournemouth and buy three seats in a row, bring a sleeping bag, a wee eye thing and go to sleep during the the match. Now, the idea was that you'd be right at the front so you could picked up by cameras getting Sky Sports go viral. Yeah. But I just think it's a little bit like, oh, look at me buying three tickets to go to sleep. Like, it's, mm. it's, there's this line, I think, with content where, like, you can justify mad ideas and go and do the funny things and the crazy things. And I think a lot of people would find that fucking hilarious. But equally, there's probably Bournemouth fans out there who can't get tickets and you're going and sleeping at the game. So it's just this kind of, like, line of, like, what is, like, acceptable and... I don't know. Yeah, you need to show a little yeah, bit of respect the, um, as well. Yeah, we have, we have the dude perfect guys come to Turf Moor. I don't know if you you know them, but they're a very big they're YouTube huge. Um, yeah. channel. Yeah, so they bought a stake in Burnley, so they came over to Burnley and did a load of weird things around the ground and stuff. Some of it was good, but some of it was very kind of you know Yankee cringe. Um, mm. Yeah, but I mean, grounds do have that kind of um, sleepover at the ground thing, don't they? Sometimes I think we've do just they? done one, but um, yeah, but but not during a match. I, yeah, I, I'd love to see you at the front of like 
you know, a stand at Millwall or something with a sleeping bag. Um, That's what I was saying. That's why it was going to be Bournemouth as well. You're not doing that at Millwall. You'll actually just go home in like a body bag. Like that's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But maybe that makes a better video. (laughs) Have you you ever considered doing like, like guys like Ryan Trahan? I don't know if you know, he's obviously a huge YouTuber as well. And he does these um, trying to get across America on a penny and stuff. Yeah, I, something like that would be brilliant. Where you have to travel around to all the Premier League grounds with no money for a week or something. But I mean, I guess the production cost suddenly becomes mm. exponential, well, doesn't it? But the production cost is very like low that. because you're not spending any money. Do you know what I mean? True, true. I swear yeah. to, we did it. So we did like a race from Manchester to London um, mm. for the it was an Arsenal play Chelsea or something. And it was like two yeah. teams of us raced and the first one to get there, but it was like no phone, no money, no internet. We're doing something very similar to that in just over about three weeks. Um, I'll not give it away, but like we're, we're doing another no money, no phone, have to get from A to B, and it's a lot further. So it's going to be a lot tougher. So yeah. it's along that Ryan Trahan kind of idea. But anyway, yeah. moving on. Halloween special weekly. I really, I think this is really fun. So basically, yep. with a spooky season around the corner, it's time to show off your most bizarre and unusual SoRare digital player cards. Think misprint or bugged versions. As part of SoRare's football's first ever Halloween special weekly competition, I read that completely wrong, but you get what I mean. Um, I read it with the wrong like voice, didn't I? The, uh, basically, there's a special weekly for Champion Europe signed jerseys and SoRare hats, and you basically have to have cards that have misprints. So think... Um, their bodies chopped off, head off the top of the card. It's just completely like cards that weren't meant to be printed how they are. I think it's really fun. It's fun, and that's what this should be because it's a game. I think it's fun, and I like it. And I don't have any, but I like it. Yeah, I I like the fact that they are willing to be kind of tongue in cheek and fun, and you know, not get all stuffy and corporate and think, well, we'll we'll put all these mistakes we've made under the carpet, you know, they're willing to say, look, we've screwed up on a few cards. We mint thousands. So the odd one slips through the net, come and have some fun with them. I I think that's good. And I think obviously with the way the market is at the moment, um, there is quite a bit of negativity about. So I think the more they can lean into that fun element, the better, because right now you need people to play so rare for fun, not just to try and print money. Because it's it's own it's not overly feasible to print money every week. So yeah, the more they can lean into fun like this, the better. Um, I guess the the only drawback is finding the cards. But I guess some people find that fun. Um, I did. I I made a joke in the Discord that we could do with like a misprint filter in the market, mm. and someone sort of. I think one of the mods took it the wrong way and said, "Oh, you can't expect them to do that." I just wondered, do they have a list somewhere of like yeah. fuck up, so like lessons learned almost? Because if they do, they could chuck it on a filter, but maybe they don't. I don't well, know. they might. Like, how are they gonna filter who enters the competition? Do you know what I mean? They have to have like it flagged yeah. somehow. I think it's just a. I think Paul said he was just gonna go through and find the first fifty on the leaderboard that actually have oh. a misprint card in. So anyone so. can enter. Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes more sense. Because I thought it would actually be a lot of work to go and flag them all. I wonder, do I have yeah. a misprint somewhere? There was so, like, a questionable like one, sorry, that Paul probably won't yeah. see. You know, like there's one like the Jared Bowen with the slight stain on his shirt. Yeah. Like it's yeah. very hard to see, but it is there. And it's like, is he gonna clock that scanning through that leaderboard? So there will you I know, you know there's gonna be controversy, don't you? Like someone in 14 is gonna be like, You 
disqualified me, but there's a, there's a stain on his shirt. Or um, we, we were looking through our galleries yesterday, and all I found, I've got Duncan Watmore kind of doing this, like he's sideways. Mm. So it's not really a misprint. It just looks weird. Um, and then I don't know if you've seen Daniel Backman, the Watford goalkeeper. I don't think it's an error, but it's so weird. Like his neck's straight, but then his head's mm. over here. So it just looks like they've stuck his head on kind of at the wrong angle. So I'm not sure that's a bit subtle as well. But um, yeah. yeah, I don't have any of the really screwed up ones. I'm scrolling now to see, like, have I got any? Now, I'm not going to sit and scroll through them all, but surely to God there's one somewhere. Um, I also just have to say, it's just came to my mind, last week's podcast, um, we had a bit of an issue with it, so it came down for a day or two and then I had to put it back up. I was away, so I couldn't sort it out, so I just had to pull it down pull it back up um so just apologies for that if anyone went looking and i came up a couple of days late i'm gonna stop i'm scrolling through all my cards here <clears throat> and i'm kind of like looking for misprints but this this isn't the place or time tom i really like the halloween special will we move on yeah yep all right so we'll go on to your quick brain dump you sent me so you sent me a wee brain dump um maybe to talk about some things before we jumped on um and then we'll go on to some questions from people so you got some tickets from SoRare. Talk to us. <clears throat> nice story. Yeah, nice, nice little experience. So um, I think it was uh, Momo reached out on email and just said, as one of the biggest Burnley collectors, would you like some tickets to a game, basically? They, is- they initiated um, it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they've been sending them to like the top 10 collectors, maybe, at each limited club, something like that. Um, but yeah, just an email completely out of the blue. So it was... Do you want some tickets? When for? And do you want to be in the beta for Rivals? Was basically the gist of the email. Um, so I've got a season ticket, but um, my son's just turned eight and I wanted to get him to his first game. And all our home games, believe it or not, are sold out till like April. So I've got him a ticket for like Bournemouth in mid-March. But I said to, to Momo, if, if you can get me a ticket for a game soon, then I can take my son to his first ever Burnley game. That would be amazing. They're all sold out. Um, and he said, yeah, leave it with me, see what I can do. The next game was Chelsea, like a week away. And yeah, sorted me out two tickets for the Chelsea game. So uh, took my son along. We were on about the third row, sort of mid, mid-pitch mid around the halfway line. So really good seats. Um, sat next to another so rare manager. Uh, shout out Tony Tibbs, who kind of, he kept glancing over and I thought, what, you want to say something, don't you? And he says, are you into so rare? You know, it was a bit like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, bit like a, a, a bit, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, had a chat with him about so rare while we were playing. Um, my son watched about 15 minutes and then played Plants vs. Zombies on my phone for the rest <laughs> of the game. Um, uh, so he, he saw... He, saw he wouldn't want to do that at Millwall. If he does that at Millwall, he's in trouble. Yeah, yeah, that old phone will be launched, won't it? Um, but yeah, he saw the Burnley goal after like 10 minutes and then he missed all the Chelsea goals because he was playing on my phone. So he's he, yeah, he's not really feeling it yet. He says he doesn't want to go again. But yeah, big thanks to Sir Rex. That was, that was fantastic. Um, they actually gave me three seats and uh, my... Uh, my uncle's best friend is a huge Chelsea fan. So I, I shouldn't mm. say this because he went in the Burnley end, but I gave him uh, the other seat as well. Um, and in fact, he went and sat in my season ticket seat with my dad. So yeah, Probably. it was a, a, a big one for him as well. Obviously, being a Chelsea fan who lives in York, he doesn't get too many games. So 
um, yeah, really nice gesture from them and a really smooth process. What a communication with Momo waiting for the tickets and stuff. So, yeah, couldn't fault it. I think that's unreal because whenever you said to me, you know, before recording, like, that's a nice wee story. You didn't tell me the ins and outs of it, but you told me, like, oh, I got tickets from Sora. I thought you'd maybe initiated it somehow. I don't know how you would have done that because I imagine mm. contacting them can be tough enough. But I assumed that you'd maybe got onto them for Burnley tickets and it somehow worked out. But I love the fact that I really, really do love, and I think everyone should be very happy at the fact that they're they're emailing collectors. I think that it takes it takes manpower. It almost like to be honest with you, distributing tickets at so rare is probably a two three person job. I don't even think one person could do it because the amount of tickets they have across the Premier League, Bundesliga, La Liga. Never mind yeah. getting some for Syria and Ligue and then maybe in the MLS, some people can get some and wherever else. I think it's like it's it's that's a huge huge bonus to the experience. Like. Yeah. Oh, how'd you get tickets, Tom? Oh, it's this fantasy game I play. What, they got you tickets? Like, I get messages yeah. all the time from friends, family, people who follow my content. How do I get tickets? Where do I go to get tickets? And I'm actually really deluded in terms of how hard it is to get tickets because I get given tickets quite often by different brands, not just so rare. Different brands will give me tickets to go to things because they sponsor videos and because I make a video and get them eyeballs and blah, blah, blah. But getting tickets isn't easy. And... So rare, yeah. have like pinging out tickets to the biggest collectors. Like if you're the biggest limited collector of Bournemouth cards, Burnley cards, as they say, I just didn't want to use you as an example, but like, because it probably does cost a few hundred quid or a bit more. But it's like in the Premier League. But there, there's definitely clubs out there that you could become the biggest collector pretty cheap. And if they mm. are your club, and if you do get tickets because you're the biggest collector in So rare, and it's. You're also collecting your favorite team's players. I just think that's amazing. Like, what an experience! What a story for everyone to tell. What a use case! Like, it's brilliant. So they should yeah. do more of that. And that's that's the kind of thing that FPL doesn't do, that DraftKings doesn't do. You know, that is the kind of yeah. thing they can deliver that others don't. So yeah, I think it's uh, I I think it's fantastic. And as you say, it takes manpower, but it's definitely something they they should lean into. Mm. The next point on your brain dump, progression from limited to rare, including are there different types of progression? Yeah, um, so so I currently play, so I have a very big limited gallery. I've probably got 300 cards or something daft, like 20 different collections. Rare, I only play Cat 240 and Cat 220 at the moment. Um, I'm not in a position and I don't really want to put a lot of more money in. So I was kind of thinking about how does so rare transition users from limited to rare without putting lots of money in. Now, the answer always seems to be, well, you can pick up one goalkeeper and a few players and play cap 240. And I was thinking, well, yeah, I can do that. And I am doing that. But at the limited level, I have fun because I can play Challenger, second division, all-star, U23. I play every division every week. Mm. To do that at the next level at Rare, without putting lots of money in, it's virtually impossible, isn't it? Um, and like, I could buy some more Rare cards to play all-star and champ and whatever, but can I compete, you know, capital letters, compete in those divisions without the top players? I just... I was just sort of thinking about how how do people progress from limited to rare other than really restricting the fun you can have. Because just mm -hmm. playing rare cat 240 is not the same as playing 20 different limited divisions. I don't know if you have the same between sort of rare and super rare, maybe. No, yeah, yeah. Like, I kind of semi-give up on super rare. Like, 
I, I actually won a tier three super rare from All Star Super Rare last week. When I say giving up, nice. I'm not like actively targeting it because do you know what? Maybe I'm full of bollocks because I do actually believe that if I got an under twenty three super rare goalkeeper that played, I could compete in that division because I have some nice cards. Like I've got Sugawara, Kulisevsky, uh Jonathan David would be the spine of that team along with the goalkeeper, and then throw in someone who's a good fixture, like an Arthur Theate, uh Warren Domari, Kakare um you know choose player who is decent fixture but like so i could compete but i just think it's a lot of money to step up and i think there'll be weeks there'll be weeks where the goalkeeper i have has a shit fixture i won't be competing every week unless i dump a lot more money in but anyway back to your point about that limited to rare i think it depends on what people constitute as fun and i do agree Mm. like can you have as much freedom can you pick the players you want can you collect all sorts of cards have bonus scores and blah 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 you can't just step up and do that without a fuck ton of money but what some people do find fun is the grind and the hustle and the i want a rare geez i want a rare right now we're going okay great like grinding away after six weeks oh this has won me this oh i won that i've got a threshold I, that's okay i can pick this guy up he's only 32 quid you know people some people do love that grind that road to glory type aspect it's the same with ultimate team you know some yeah. people come in and buy all the coins and get all the big players and play but then there's some people who graft and then an upgrade of like going from a i i don't even know i, I don't i don't play ultimate team at the minute but like even just in in so rare terms going from a an l15 52 type of player to an l15 57 type of player you know yeah. And, yeah great that's an upgrade let's keep moving you know some people probably do enjoy that but i do agree like it's a vastly different experience and probably not most people will fall in love with so rare or start to enjoy so rare and then to step up they'll have to change completely how they play or enjoy it in a different way yeah and i, and I really don't have the answer um it, it just feels like a huge jump um goalkeeper obviously is always kind of an issue um and the step up in price there i think the one thing that is missing and i'm sure other people have talked about this is a comp where you can play a full limited uh, sorry a full rare team but one limited card mm. so that you could play like a limited goalkeeper is that not with cap some 220? is that what cap 220 rare is it is but the yes, problem is i suppose it is there is a cap on it but that they, those yeah. are aren't they the cap 220 rare is minimum or is it minimum four rares one limited so it's a, it's what you've said but there huh. is a cap of 220 yeah. on it so it does again restrict you a bit yeah and I'd love to see. Great, I think from memory. Let me see. What have we got? Five hundred and sixty rare cards in Cap Two Twenty. It's quite a lot of cards okay. actually. But are they all shit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, first place gets a rare tier one, um, and there are like three hundred and fifty tier fives. I think the what I'd love to see, and I still think it's a gaping hole in the game. Maybe they've talked about this. Maybe other smarter people than me, content creators, whoever else have discussed this. I'd love to see a limited rare, or limited, limited, limited plus, all star limited plus. Same vibe from rare to super rare, where you can have two rares. But maybe there's yeah. an issue there in that the price difference is so much, and well, the mm. bonuses are the same. The bonuses are the same. So what would be the benefit of playing rares? They'd have to give them an extra boost in that. I think they fucked mm. that up, you know. And I do think they fucked that up from the get-go. I, I've never got how limited and rares have the same bonus. 
Yeah, because if they're not mixed, they're not mixed really, are they, other than the Cap 2 20 that you just mentioned? So why do they need to have the same bonus? Is there a reason we're not thinking? I think, um, I, I don't know, we're probably, there's probably someone shouting at their, their screen or their, their podcast, mm -hmm. but like, I think it's, um, whenever they introduced limiteds retrospectively, they almost should have rebalanced all bonuses. I thought maybe mm. because like now limit is just the same as rare, but I would love to see a limited plus competition because I love rare pro or rare plus. I'm trying to say plus. Um, so what's that? Is that two minimum two super rares? Not is minimum. Minimum one. In fact, you don't even need one. You could play five right. rares. So like all star rare pro or under 23 yeah. rare pro. It's rare plus now. You could play five rares but you can use up to two super rares. And the bonus of using two super rares so is that essentially you'll have like yeah. three captains. You know what I mean? Because you'll have your rare captain. Mm -hmm. You can't captain the super rare. And then you'll have the two super rares who'll have like, what, 20 to 30% bonuses. So in limited, what it would look like is if there was a limited plus, you would probably optimally play three limiteds, two rares, and your rares would have a higher bonus than your limiteds. But because yeah. they're all the same bonus, that's probably why it hasn't been introduced. But I don't know how hard it would be and impossible. And there's probably a million reasons why it can't happen. But like rebalancing the bonuses so that you can allow that type of division to exist, like coming mm -hmm. in and going, okay, limiteds will now be zero to ten, rares will be ten to twenty, twenty, thirty, thirty, forty, whatever it is. That's just off the top of my bat, but it's def definitely not the right balancing. But you get the point. I mean, unique yeah. are up in the fifties, and super rares are in the twenties, and rares are in the tens. Limiteds can't go to minus, so like everything has to shift up. But if everything yeah. shifts I mean, up. I, I I hate to add a layer of complexity, but maybe just for that limited plus tournament, you could say the limiteds don't get their bonuses. Mm. So limiteds are just their base score, but rares still get their bonus, which makes them more valuable. You in could that do tournament. that, or you could say rare something cards like get an additional ten percent or something. Yeah, do you know. You I mean, could... it's, it's adding another rule, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's the challenge that they have. Um, it's just something I yeah, would really I... enjoy. I think. I think a lot of people would because mm. that would. I think that's the natural progression because at the minute to go up to rare, you kind of need a few cards, don't you? Unless you go up to yeah. cap two twenty, maybe there's the. Yeah. Is there like a rare? Let me just check something. Is there like a? Yeah, you do. You kind of step up. It'd be nice to have that because then it means like someone who has a limited gallery who wins a rare. It's like oh shit, my guy might only be tier three and he's not amazing, but he has. He's playing against bottom of the league this week. I'm gonna put him in a in the. The limited plus competition, but anyway. Yeah. Do we do we still have our kickoff? Is that still a thing where you play one? So if you win a rare, are they changing the name of it or something? Kickoff is. Is still... it now rare specialist? Maybe. Kickoff is on the site. Um, yeah, because I go up to unique and there's a unique kickoff, but are they not? Oh, they're they're keeping it as kickoff because rivals is going to be rivals, not kickoff now. Right. Or but I can't play that because I bought more rares to play mm. in Cap 240, I think. So it kind of restrict. If you want to play that, it restricts your rare by it. So it's this it's is, so difficult for them, isn't it? This isn't yeah. a criticism at all. It's that progression. How do you fix it? I mean, there, there is stuff they do do wrong. Like, um, I think Laird talks about it quite a lot in that um, they think that if you win a tier 5 super rare, oh, great, you can progress to super rare now. Whereas we think, no, you've now got super rare, you can't sell and can't use. You know, so there's stuff they can address like that. But the overall fixing of progression and making it easier for people to move up, I think it's such a 
such a tough job, and I don't mm-hmm. think there probably yeah. isn't a silver, you know, a silver bullet we're looking for here. It's a no. vast combination of ideas. Again, again, it is one of those when I think about it, I can't help but think it gets to this point where it's like everyone can't play every division and have fun at every division just because we mm. all should play together. It ultimately does become money, and that's where it goes. It's yeah. like no, no, you want to play those, you have to be richer. It's as simple as that. You want to play those, you need to put yeah. money in. You want you want to play those, okay? Go and find ten grand, and it's like, oh well, why should the wheels be? It's, it's just the reality of life, isn't it? And that's a shit one, but it mm. is what it is. But if we, if we all play, if we could all play unique, it wouldn't be unique. If we could all play super rare, yeah. it wouldn't be special. Do you know what I mean? It's it's about, and it is just I, I, if you're a limited player and you aspire to those things, and it's it's twenty grand of investment away, and you're never ever going to put that in. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. I suppose it's back to like playing within your lane. Like I'm not trying to play unique because mm. I know I can't afford unique. I'm probably not really even playing super rare because it's a little bit saucy to actually compete. My level, because I got in early, because I've been here a long time, and I feel lucky yeah. to even be able to compete at it, is like rare pro, rare plus. Um, yeah. Progression's maybe, maybe lovely, my, but... Yeah. yeah. I guess maybe my thought is more, now I think about it, I have loads of fun at Limited. People say progress to rare by playing Cap 240. I've done that. I love rare Cap 240. I've hit the fre- threshold quite a bit, enjoying that one. It's the step after that that I think is too big, you know. You'd have um, to be winning a lot of thresholds. You'd have to win a lot of thresholds yeah. to get the money together to go on up. But maybe it is meant just to be a slow grind. Um, yeah. To keep talking about some of your points, throw back to the last pod. Did Sora make the most of the new season and have I played Rivals? I haven't played Rivals yet. I think I was offered the beta. Um, maybe I forgot to reply to an email. I think they emailed me when I was in holiday, and I forgot the reply. Have you played it? I haven't. I mean, as I said on that email for the tickets, he said you'd be invited to the to the beta, but no, I haven't played it yet. I just I haven't heard much from people who have played it, so I just wondered kind of what the the progress is there. Um, what I mean, what do you think of the concept? So you know, the idea of being able to get a lot of people in a pub to sign in and and play the rivals game while they're watching the match. I think you think it works? I think it's strong. You know, you worked mm. at Footstock. Footstock was the type of game, Not it wasn't at all similar to this, but what I mean by this is that, what am I even trying to say here? I just thought mm. of Footstock when I thought of that. I remember like lining up a load mm. of players from one game and watching it. You know, like the virtual, you, you had like virtual tournaments based off single games. Yeah. Tournaments based yeah. off single games. So like, so they're something that I'm not really used to. I mean, a lot of people obviously are the Celtic stackers, the, the the Scottish Brigade and whoever else. Unless you stack a full team, it's not really a single game sit down and you have the result type of vibe. And equally, you'll yeah. probably have to wait to the end of the game week on a Tuesday or something or a Friday to find out where you've placed. But the idea of watching a game with the scores live updating, surrounded by people who you might have stuck a... Now, not through the So Rare app, but you might have stuck a fiver in a glass in the middle of the table... You are at the pub, you are watching the match on a Sunday. I think it's class. I do. And I think it gives people mm. the bug. It gets people to understand the score matrix. Oh, wait, so you're, John, you're telling I get a point because he made that block or that last man tackle yeah. gets me a decisive fuck his lads. I'm winning the money. You know, I think it'll create a lot of like, it's a nice kind of gateway, I think. Yeah. Now, I, th- I, I think hope it works against reality. Yeah. It just needs to be so simple, doesn't it? Because like, like when the World Cup's on, if we're sat in the pub watching a game, we'll all chuck a fiver in for time of the first goal or first goal scorer or whatever. 
And then, like you say, somebody wins it their player scores and they can give it big to everyone else there. It needs to be almost that simple, doesn't it? You know, because as soon as there's any complexity, yeah, my mates who are sat there with a pint ready for an England match, probably half cut already, any complexity and they're just like, yeah, sure. You know, yeah. it just needs to be so simple and that's what I'd love to know. It needs to be like, sorry. That. Honestly, it needs to be as simple as almost like on your phone, you get the QR code up, they do it. Yeah. Even a QR code might be too much. But I think QR codes these days are pretty normal, aren't they? Everyone yeah. can do yeah. a QR code. But like, it needs to be like, yes, they're probably going to need an app downloaded but like get the app the sign up process has to be like name email password or something like very minimal details initially like you do not need people typing loads of shit out and then it, it just needs as you're right it needs to be as few clicks as possible to get them to pick them five players but obviously you do yeah. want them kind of registered and on board you don't want them like playing as a guest or whatever and they'll never come back i, I that has to yeah like, i You've I mean, it's, it's off the top of my head, but I would, I would try and avoid any friction up front. I would say put them almost from the QR code straight into the lineup builder. At the end, if they finish in the top half or whatever, then say, okay, now you've finished in fifth, well done. Now register to get your 10 coins or a friendly comment, whatever it is. Put all the friction after even if they come last, give them one coin. You know, Clever. just say, register and get this. But yeah, it has to come at the end. They won't know what a coin is. They won't know the value of a coin or coins. So, but in a good way, what I mean no, is yeah. you don't have to be dumping out thousands of coins. And it's going to be very hard to game that system. Oh, let's go and create loads of random ones so we can get thousands of these coins. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's go and create mm. multiple accounts to play so we can get... The and it would only be going to one account one time, so you couldn't, like, multi-accounting wouldn't even have impacted. But my point is, I like that, the friction behind. Mm. It'd be interesting to see how they do it, because, as you say, any level of complexity, we've all seen it, we've all been there. No, lads, I'm telling you, this is class. Ah, oh, fuck up, now, let's, let's go. Or like, ah, oh, no, nah, I can't be arsed. Or, oh, I don't really care about that. I just want to watch the match. It needs to be just yeah. seamless, doesn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. Even if at the end it's like, okay, Mo Salah was your highest scoring player, click here to register and get your Mo Salah common card. And that's the way people get common card for amateur divisions. Just, I do, you know, that needs a lot more thought. But just give them something at the end would, would be mm. where I'd go with it, I think. And then they know next time they're in the pub, oh, should we do that again? I got a Mo Salah last time. Or, you know, yeah, something like that. But yeah. No, I like Don't it. Don't have friction up front. I like it. Your other points here, we've talked about a few of them, but the Mbappe and Kian Basel thing. Now, we'll not deep into this, but it's a simple yeah. case. It's just as a thing that happened. If people missed it, I'm going to try and... I didn't really follow it, but ultimately there was like a Kian and a Mbappe super rare traded by Basel's bot for really yeah. low value cards so he lost two cards that are really valuable for two like national team or bullshitty cards and then the person didn't give them back and then they did give them back but for like 16 grand's worth of cards and value in return so they didn't give them back they held basil to yeah. ransom yeah. and it was resolved to an extent but basil's 16 grand down for a mistake from a bot and bot 
automatically I think has very negative connotations whatever people like bots bots we don't like bots but ultimately what this bot does is adds a lot of liquidity to the so rare market yeah. so it's like a good bot yeah I think part of the problem was the first bot that came was um I always forget his name it's not Bellamar is it but it's similar the snipe bot that as soon as mm. someone miss mislisted a card at 10p Bologna Bologna that's it was it I think yeah, maybe or, this is like a lovely just, member uh, of the community. It's just yeah, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, I I think that brought negative connotations with bots. That's the complete opposite of what Basil and Satonio and who else do. Um, yeah, they are as you say for you <clears throat> for liquidity, especially at the moment, they're vital. Um, yeah, just I guess I wondered on your thoughts on it. I think having listened to a few pods, everyone's kind of you know, very moral stance of, oh, of course, I'd give them back straight away. I wouldn't expect anything. Mm. It'd be great if I got something, but I wouldn't expect it. I agree with that, and I like to think that that's what I would do. I just imagine, so imagine you are a guy in, I don't want to pick pick on a country, but say you're in Indonesia, where obviously things are a lot cheaper comparatively than they are here. You've bought four limited cards for two quid, and now suddenly you've got a 20 grand Mbappe sat in your gallery due to an error. That 20 grand could buy you a house. That 20 grand could put your mum and dad into a, you know, a, a better way of life, that kind of thing. That's where I think the moral, just the black and white moral stance of, I give it back straight away, I agree with. But I can understand why some people in some situations, that is real life-changing money. Mm. I think there's a bit of bit of a grey area there. I hear you. you I know think what it's I mean? no, I do I know what you mean. I think it's one of those where it's like uh, and again, all this like this isn't like against you, by the way, but I like, right's right and wrong's wrong, and it is wrong to steal yeah. and that's absolutely theft. So it is wrong inherently. Mm-hmm where for me it becomes more of a people need to like adjust their thinking sorry about my dog um is it's one thing like if i get those cards that's definitely an amazon delivery man my dog is not a fan um the if it was me i give it back hands down every time because my face is there my reputation's on the line i assume you do the same because your face is on the line your reputation's on the line i just spilled coffee all over the floor as well it's all going on. Woodley, there's my dog, and he's. Oh, I'm done. Anyway, they, we give it back in a heartbeat, and so do so many people here in the community. Um, put yourself in the position where you're an online account with a pseudonym, you're untraceable. If you're going to be traced by yeah. anyone, it's probably a nerd who can code and make bots, but you're relatively untraceable. Um, and you've just been given this windfall. It creates a different scenario. I, I don't think of the like life changing and poverty or whatever. I think more of I'm here and I can get away with this and no one knows who I am mm-hmm. and no one will have yeah, a clue. True. And I'm going to pull this crypto out through MetaMask and Coinbase or whatever. It's crypto and no one's going to know who I am. Now, so rare probably have that to withdraw. Do you need to like, know your customer thing or is that only for cash? But I'm just like, I know nothing's untraceable in this world, but it's like someone will be sat there like, holy fuck, this worked. I can get away yeah. with this. It's more a case yeah. of like 
put yourself morally into it. It's different if you're like robbing a bank at gunpoint or like if, if you're in public and you find 20 quid on the ground and you know someone's looking at you as you pick up that, or let, let's say it's a wallet on the ground and you pick up yeah. a wallet and someone's looking at you, you're going to go, oh, where should I bring this wallet? Or you bump into someone's car and someone's there, you're going to go, oh, I better leave a note. And you see it all the time and people write bogus notes. Whereas if you do it on your own, it's a real test of your character where we all say, yes, yeah. I would do it. But whenever no one's watching, what will you do? And mm. I can see how it's happened. It's fucking atrocious. I would never do it and I'd be appalled if my child did it or my sister did it or whatever. I think it's absolutely fucking ridiculous. Like, it's robbery. It's it's theft. But, yeah, I can see how it's happened is what I'm saying. It's not quite as unbelievable yeah. as maybe some people are saying, if that's what we're, we're getting Yeah, I, I, I think at the absolute best, what you could expect is, okay, yeah, Basil, here's your Mbappe back. <clears throat> And you kind of give him it, maybe with a slight hope that he gives you a little bit of something. But yeah, yeah you don't hold him for, for ransom for it, no. certainly. How big should um, the ransom be is kind of the question. Back. Because I do think Basel, had he got them back for free, should probably have been like, look, here's a card worth a couple of hundred quid. Almost for be Well, maybe not. I was going to say for the XP loss, but they send cards that aren't really... Usable. It's like a reward for a, for a lost dog, isn't it? You yeah. pull up a poster saying... I've lost my dog, I'm an idiot. Here's a 50 quid reward if you find him for me type thing. And if someone brings the dog and they expect the 50 quid, they're probably a dick. <laughs> maybe so. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> um, right, I'm going to wipe this mess up very quickly, but I am gonna. I can still hear you, but it's your turn to talk yeah. for a second because you've, you've written here, I'm going to see all your favourite bands in one at the weekend. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure you remember we listened, we talked about um, going to Westlife gigs and stuff back in back in the day. Um, so I went to Blink One Eight Two, which is one of my favourite bands from kind of my my younger days. Um, so I went to that last week. So to get her own back, my wife booked us tickets to a boy band tribute night on Saturday. So we're we're going to um, Harrogate, and apparently this boy band. Um, it's like a tribute boy band and they play all like Take That and Westlife and Boy Zone's greatest hits and stuff. And I, I know you love the, a good uh, pop power ballad. So, um, yeah, it's I, I'm not looking forward to it because I, that's not my my jam. But, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, my wife's super excited to see like Take That and Five and Boy Zone and stuff all in one, albeit a, a cheap copy. So is, is that a night out you could... Uh, you could get into, do you reckon? i put it to you this way. I wouldn't book it. I wouldn't probably just go with the lads. But if the boys and their girlfriends were going, or if I was going with my sister or my parents or something, I'd be, I wouldn't be on the beers. I'd be on the double vodkas, West Coast coolers, three drinks in one. I'd be mm -hmm. banging them in and I'd be there treating it like karaoke, having a yeah. ball. I could see myself having a good time. I think there are going to be a load of songs that you can sing along to. But you need to be well-oiled and ready to sing along, do you know? So that's my yeah. advice to you. Yeah, I've got to get into it and then just go hypersonic with the karaoke. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that'll be the way. So yeah, that'll be it. that'll be an interesting experience. I'm a little bit jealous. I've got some mm. Halloween festivities this weekend. That's what I'm up to. Um, right. Good stuff. I have one last point from you, and then we'll do some questions. So, has the cash yeah. wallet changed your behaviour? I've started actually withdrawing little wins. Can't be asked before. I'll tell you, I made a withdrawal about two weeks ago. 
the like threshold that you're allowed to tax free in Ireland or something like 1270 quid or something and I just withdrew it because I was like huh um no, I'll be and I the thing that's put me off withdrawing more and I've saved up my thresholds to I think I have a balance of about couple of grand or something and then i also have some eth like i have a decent balance like old john would have had this spunked on cards don't get me wrong i would have picked up a couple yeah. of super rares but part of me is like that's real money um that's two and a half grand that is a lot of money my car has just died my car died by the way like died died out of nowhere oh. um yeah. just gearbox clutches and flywheels and all sorts of shit but anyway and i'm like that's real money right there i could pull that out and go towards a car but the thing that's put me off is the tax implications. I'm like, how do I even bother paying tax on this? Because all my personal tax is pretty clean. Like, pay AYE, tax is all paid, everything's sweet. I haven't, like, pulled any investments out from, like, the whole NFT boom collections thing. I haven't cashed anything in. And I yeah. just, I don't I don't know if I, like, go, okay, well, if I pull out a grand and then a grand and then a grand and then a grand, am I going to have to start tracking that? And then at the end of the year, mm-hmm. pay capital gains and this and that. Is there a better way to do it? Should I save it up? Should I withdraw it a different way it's just giving me a headache and i haven't really looked into it probably need to talk to a financial advisor or something but yeah it sounds like it's changed your mentality this cash wallet yeah, yeah. a little bit um so i it's funny i think two of the best things they've done in the last year will be a huge positive for them in the long term but i think in the short term it's kind of encouraging behaviors that so rare might not want so I've started with, if if I like win the rare threshold, for example, I'll think, right, do I need any cards for my gallery at the minute? Is there a midweek coming up where I've got a hole that I need to fill with a card? If the answer is no, I just withdraw the money just so there's something coming out. There's no way I'd have done that before the cash wallet. Mm. You know, it's too much effort. There's fees, there's gas, there's this, there's that. So I think the cash wallet is fantastic. But I do, it would be so interesting to see how much it's changed people's behavior. Like is is far more money going into the site now because it's easier to get it in? Is more money coming out the site because it's easier to get it out? I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but yeah, it's. I've started dribbling a little bit out here and there. Um, and the other, the other great thing I think they've done in the last year, as you know, I'm I'm really into the collection game, but I kind of feel with the way the collections is set up, it almost encourages existing users to stick to their old collections, like. Mm. Well, like when the Prem cards came out, on a lot of the pods and, and you, you know, people, the guests said, are you going in and buying any new Prem cards? And the answer was almost always, well, no, because I've got a 2021 collection or, mm. you know, I just don't need them. So I kind of feel like collections is putting off with the way it's set up and the fact that all collections are just as good, if not better. It almost puts off us existing users from buying the new cards so then if there's no new users coming in who you'd want buying the new cards, the prices of the new cards on auctions are relatively low. And I think to an extent that's why, because mm. having the old collections is just so much easier and cheaper to build in, you know, sometimes if you've already got bits and pieces. Yeah. So yeah, in long long term collections and cash wallet is fantastic, but I do wonder whether it's driving behaviors that they might not want at the moment. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I, I'm just sorry. I'm just kind of distracted there. I went and looked at the super rare and unique auctions after you mentioned the auction prices. 
just have a look because I've seen there was like a De Bruyne, Rodri and whatever else that all kind of went for like pennies the other day and then also we mm-hmm. have the Jude Bellingham that finishes tonight so by the time people listen to this Jude Bellingham will have ended he's currently sitting at 23 grand um, with the top bidder Bellama but um, yeah I think the cash wall is an interesting one because it, as you, I, I would just repeat everything you say you've kind of said it um, mm. easier to get money in but it is making people I think realise it's cold hard cash and it's also very yeah. easy to withdraw I was, I have to say I was very pleased with the withdrawal process when I did it it was mm. in my account seamlessly in like a day and a half um, that volume yeah. auction is actually really interesting isn't it because I, is it fair to say that is like the number one unique card that a unique player could want at the moment almost I'm not a unique player so I don't know, but I imagine so. If I had to guess, I'd say like Jude Bellingham at the minute, under 23, the amount of utility left, the way he's scoring is obscene. Like last, like if I just read back, 155, mm. or sorry, 8155, 193, 100, 100. And then it's like 51, 76, 53, 55, 72, 79, 100, 100, 89, 86. It's just like stupid. Is that including England games? Does he score that well for England as well? Uh, so against Ukraine, it was a 55. Against Italy, it was 100. And that's and against a decent team. Yeah. yeah. Um, if I scroll back, Ukraine and Italy, 48, 52. But like recently, he's just been kicked into a different gear, hasn't he? Mm. Bossing games. getting They went to goals he gets is the thing that I think surprised a lot of us at Madrid. So um, is there anything that, as a so rare card, is there anything he doesn't have? I guess right. just the fact that he's not a forward. I assume he's not a forward. No, he's a midfielder. But he's uh no, I think you're right. This is the one and it is a good test of the market because it is like a the market's at a low really, isn't it? It, mm. it and you know what's mad as well with this top? It seems to happen every year. It, it's it's becoming predictable, which I like. The problem is that so it seems almost predictable that we all go there'll be a dip at the end of the season it'll probably actually happen in March or April everyone think it'll happen in May or June but then people start buying in May or June and it'll slowly trickle up in July and August to the start of the season and it'll dip in from August, September and it kind of dips through the season is that fair to say? Yeah. yeah the problem is I don't know what way this will look to you to the viewer mirrored up down if you're listening on a mm-hmm. podcast but ultimately it's like the highs and lows it's just like we're kind of over the last few years, we're trending down. A high yeah. is a high, but it won't be as high as last season's high. Yeah, yeah. And the low is lower than last season's low, so we're kind of trending down the average price of cards. And there's a lot of factors to that, the global recessions. You know, NFTs were in a boom. They yes. aren't so much now. Yeah. Supply, there's much more supply. A lot of discussion around supply these days. Is the demand there? Are they getting users in at the rate? You know, and it's there's a lot to it. But it makes me question now, you're like, oh, don't sell, you're in a dip. But then you're thinking, wait there a second. Is this going to, is next year's dip going to be lower? Is the end of season dip going to be lower? If I sell now and buy at the end of the season, there's entertainment value, there's a lot of fun you'd miss out on, there's a lot of crack. I get that. But if you're here purely from a financial perspective, I don't know. Maybe like maybe you say, okay, Rivals is going to change the game. But that's, again, going to be, a, we've seen it before with the Premier League, we've seen it with different things, limited. It's going to be a gradual process. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, the dif- the difficulty is, I guess. So like, I don't know. MLS cards don't sell them now because you'll get a really low amount. Sell them in February or March or whenever it is when MLS gets going again. But as you say, if 
because then prices will rise and you'll be able to sell it for more. But if prices overall have come down, that rise in February might still be lower than what we're at now, even though they're at end of season. That's that's the difficulty, isn't it? We can see the trends in, there's obvious trends in, this is what happens to MLS year on year, but you have to layer over come what's happening in the overall yeah. market. Yeah. Um, and and the, the Bellingham, I guess, it, it's both a good, good and bad indicator, isn't it? Because it's, it's good because we can see, is there a whale out there still willing to pay 200 grand for a card or whatever? Mm. But on the flip side, if there's only two or three people fighting for it, it's not overly reflective of anything, is it? Mm. True. You know, it doesn't reflect rares where you've got 200 people, 2,000 people who could bid on him. You know, it's, um, yeah, it's a very small sample size, isn't it? But it would be great for the market to see that go at a big, big price with a big fight, I think. Mm. We're going to go on to some questions, Tom, for 15 minutes, and then we'll we'll duck out. So, um, oh, yeah. Spicer says you're a super cool guest. You've extensive experience in the <laughs> fantasy sports field. Looking forward to the podcast. Uh, so that's more praise than nice. question. I'm going to do this one quick fire, right? Uh, this is from yep. Risu Wusaka Gadaisuki. Now, I want this quick fire. What is your favorite dragon? I think this is another NFT game you're into. Yeah, so I work for Trailblazer Games. I was kind of just saying that, like, subtly, like, another one you're into. Yeah. See, yeah, I, I work for a Web3 gaming company <laughs> called Trailblazer Games. Um, yeah, we have a gaming franchise called Eternal Dragon. So um, my favorite Genesis dragon that I own is the pink one that's in my Twitter profile, if anyone wants to go and look at it, because it's um, pink and doesn't look fearsome at all, but um, has really good stats. So it's a, yeah, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing or a dragon in oh, I like that. pink clothing or something. But yeah, check it out, eternaldragons.com. Play now. There we go. Um, if you favorite... pay me to say that, <laughs> yeah. The your favorite so rare football card. Uh, I got um, I've got an Anas Sorori, so he's a Burnley player who was fab last season and has been MIA this season. Um, I got him printed out on one of those metal card things that that French company was doing before mm. they got shut down. Um, so I'd have to say that one because I've got him in virtual and in real life. He's crap for so rare at the moment, but I'm hoping with that bad that he gets back on the pitch soon. If you're a basketball yeah. card, do you have one? Uh, I don't have any basketball cards, so I have no idea. Um, favorite baseball card? Favorite baseball card is probably Bryce Harper because I was really last into baseball about 10 years ago when he was coming up as a rookie and was you know, going to be the next big thing. And I think his career has kind of meandered along with injuries and stuff, but he's a really top player. But this season, he has really kind of hit that real peak level of, of his potential, um, led the Phillies. And yeah, just love watching him play. He's so dynamic and uh, can do a bit of everything. Right. Question from Vespasian, because I like the question. Vespasian, I don't think, loves me so much anymore. We've spoken in the past, mm. but... Um... What would be your top three ideas to reduce supply? Jesus, that's a question, isn't it? Um, mm, that's so a deep I think, one, yeah. Yeah, I think off the top of my head, the overall thing is follow through on making coins more valuable so that you have to give out, you don't have to give out as many card rewards. 
because they talked about, you know, um, I think it was it Alok or whatever his name was, talked about making car, uh, making coins something that people want so that um, in time they could give away less card rewards because coins would be just as valuable. Um, and quite frankly, I don't think that has happened at all yet. As you say, you've got, you. what can you buy with your coins? You can not get a jersey because of the terrible system of giving them away. You can get boosts, and that's about it. You know, there was talk nine months ago of um, you've got this club shop now. There's going to be loads of great stuff. You're going to be able to pay for your so rare data membership in there. And none of it's happened yet. Um, so I think that is probably a big one, is make something else, i.e. coins, more valuable so that rather than getting a million tier five limiteds from all star every every week there's lesser card rewards but there's other rewards that people actually value mm. so that that's probably one um it's difficult isn't it because so rare to an extent will always have to rely on supply to make money supply of cards makes them money um i think they need they need more avenues of income so that they don't have to mint as many cards. And I hate to say it, but maybe that's fitness, which obviously got postponed. Mm. Um, maybe they could look at getting tournaments sponsored, that kind of thing. But yeah, I think that's another lever they can pull. Make their company less reliable or less reliant on selling cards mm. because then they don't need to sell as many cards. Potentially that could work. Um, and again, he said three things, didn't he? The final one isn't reducing supply, it's increasing demand. So, oh, baby. Yeah, so that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily just mean get loads of new users. It could mean give cards more utility. It could mean have more um, underdoggy type contests. Um, get the lowest score, on, you know, just all kinds of different contests they could run to give cards extra utility. Um, and just really quickly, I'll finish on that. The other thing that they could do in terms of rewards that aren't cards potentially is partnering with other companies to give discounts. So this is something our company is doing with something called super content. So if you win, I don't know, 500 so coins instead of a tier four limited, one of the things you can buy in the club shop is a 20 quid Sports Direct voucher, for example, or 25% hmm. off a Man United season ticket, whatever it might be. Make some brand deals with other companies and give outside of the so rare world, give us real life tangible benefits for our so coins. That's one I don't think has been talked about much, and I don't know why they don't do it. Hmm. I love the idea you know, of sponsored tournaments. In terms of like yeah. instead of giving out the card rewards, give out a bunch of JD stuff. Give out a bunch of fucking. Give out a car. <laughs> you know, it's a bit mad, but yeah. like one week instead of any card rewards in All Star, and instead of twelve grand up for grabs, someone's winning yeah. a Mercedes, someone's winning a Toyota. You know, or whatever. It sounds a bit crazy, but I mean, like. The supply's not going out there, but there's still a fucking banging prize going out. But again, for that to have any sort of, um, if there be any sort of incentive from a brand side to do that, that isn't so rare. They would need to be seeing like significant eyeballs on their product and significant. And imagine what you could do with that, right? As a content creator, so so uh, do a partnership with Nike, 
and um, in a four weeks time there's going to be an all-star contest where the winner wins a signed pair of custom one-of-one night shoes signed by Messi and Neymar whatever imagine what you could do with that with content you can put that in front of a million people saying look at this prize that this football company is giving away a unique pair of trainers signed by Messi you know just yeah yeah so many opportunities isn't there yeah I mean obviously I that corporate world conversations like that good luck but I mean if they already have the Mbappes and Messi's and whoever is ambassadors Messi signed Adidas it's beneficial for yeah. so rare it's eyeballs for Adidas as one on one custom shoe through Messi I mean I don't know maybe it doesn't make sense financially how much it would cost to do that but yeah along that line I, I like it I just think like real world there, there are other rewards I think that's the main takeaway for me there is like there's, there's other ways you can reward people than cards but it's about doing it logistically it could be a nightmare but even like the rewards like, are they spending coins I suppose you're rewarding people coins and they're spending coins in the club shop to get shirts you can give more shirts away instead of tier 5s and tier 3s and tier 2 but there's a finite number of them and they cost more money maybe than issuing a tier 5 as a reward a lot to it but let's move just on think, think, think wider than just giving away football shirts and so rare hats think wider there's a million brands out there there's a million things that you know if they've got 100,000 users, maybe only 3,000 of those users would be interested in getting a pair of um, limited edition um, messy hats. But if 3,000 of them are willing to win that as a reward and spend it in the club shop, then great. You know, just, mm. yeah, think wider, think blue sky, and then see what is feasible and, and realistic, I guess. That's the challenge for their marketing people. I One more question for us. Um, just pick the next one that's most liked. I haven't even read it. From Mr. Brown. Is the number of cards the best cutoff to play common? Those of us with tiny budgets enjoy having the chance to complete on a level playing field with players we can't afford. The game, the old game was better, but it works in the NBA. Why pull it? So as opposed to having a... I don't really get it. Instead of... Is this saying... So, so I think he's saying, like I mentioned before, that there are some people out there with... 15 limited cards because they might try and play the cap every every mm. week and but they play all the amateur competitions for fun and now mm. because you're using number of cards as the qualifier oh yes, you're stopping it. them having any fun they just get to play cap um it's it's difficult with stuff like this isn't there because there has to be some kind of arbitrary cutoff yeah. Um, be that number of cards you've got, number of coins, whatever it is, whatever you use, there's going to be some people happy and some people not happy. Um, I think it's reasonable, but if people can come up with a better idea, then then great. I don't yeah. have one off the top of my head. Yeah. No, I hear you. It's an arbitrary kind of figure, but I, I get it. Um, right, Tom, we're going to wrap up there. It's been an hour and 15 minutes. It's been a pleasure having you. People can find you on Twitter at TJ Mitchum1983. Um, anything else you'd like to plug? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, everyone who plays Sora football, get a Sora data membership, get ready for baseball next year and join baseball and just use the lineup builder because the baseball core product is absolutely fantastic. I'm not being paid to say that. It'll be great to see more people transfer over mm -hmm. there. I think it's happening with basketball and it should be happening with baseball because um, the power of the lineup builder in baseball is huge. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, little plug for baseball, and uh, that's it. I've plugged that baseball lineup builder enough. I've won 
20 cards or something including rares with only limiteds and i get it i bought good limiteds but like i do not follow baseball i just go line up builder bang 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 put it in so coach yeah. john See, ellis I, if you I decide haven't... to give it a go <laughs> yeah sorry yeah i i haven't bought the top players i bought kind of the next tier down i use the lineup builder and have still won way more than i ever do in football so yeah give it a try next season good stuff all right tom cheers